Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God I would lay on your hearts today comes from the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, verses 35 to 39, as follows. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So far, the Holy Word. Dear friends in Christ, fellow redeemed, superpowers, which of us hasn't dreamed of having superpowers? Invention or the idea of Superman came about because during World War One and Two, uh, our nation needed a hero to look up to. At least that's the uh, definition I heard. So Superman came out as an instant success. Over the years, uh, other super-powered people have come out. In our day and age, especially with the revival lately of Marvel comics and other movies. Wow, they really are emphasizing superpowers. Our theme today is superpowered by Jesus. And the reason we're using that all comes from one verse, uh, verse 37, where it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Because of God's love for us, specifically Jesus' love, we are more than conquerors. And a good way to translate that, more than conquerors, is that we keep on having brilliant victories. And who but a super-powered person continues every day to have brilliant victories, one after another. Well, that's you and me and every child of God everywhere. So our theme today is super-powered by Jesus. In Christ, we can face any problem. In Christ, we've already won the victory. And in Christ, we see God's great love. Superpowered by Jesus. Paul starts with a rhetorical question. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That word separate. The root word behind that is the same word that's behind the word death. That's because death means separation. Who will separate us? Who's going to kill us off from Christ, the love of Christ? It's a rhetorical question. There's no one or nothing that can do that. Now keep in mind, this is not our love for God that because of our sinful flesh is, it has all kinds of faults with it, but it's Christ's love for you. It's his, it's, that's the direction, His love for us. And that powerful and loving Jehovah God 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, His love toward you will never be separated. It'll never die or change or turn away. How do we know? Well, we know because the Holy Spirit has entered our heart through faith, the gift of faith has caused us to believe in all of God's words and promises, causes us to turn towards the Word to hear God's plan of salvation. Go back to the Garden of Eden when man fell in sin. God came up with a plan immediately that He would send His Son, the seed of the woman, to crush the head of the serpent, to destroy the devil and all His wicked his wicked hosts and angels to overcome all of our worst enemies. Why did God do that? Because we deserved it? No. Because of His love. His genuine care and concern for your best interest. And when the time was right, God proved His love for you and for me and for the world by sending His own Son into true God becoming true man at the same time. 100% God, 100% man all for the purpose of being able to live a sinless life and then offer up that sacrifice as our great high priest, a sacrifice none of us could ever do, a sacrifice that God would accept for the sins of the world, every single sin you've ever committed, all happening there on the cross. God accepted that sacrifice of His Son. God so loved us that He sent His Son to do that. The Son so loved us that he accomplished that on the cross for us with his own precious blood. The Holy Spirit so loves us that he has entered your heart through faith and caused you to look to these words today to realize the entire plan of salvation, which is yours, which truly does uh, superpower you. And it's all by Jesus. Superpowered by Jesus. Now, knowing that you've been superpowered, saved, you can face any problem that comes your way. Now, remember, that's a rhetorical question. There's nothing that can separate you from God's love. But Paul brings up some instances, some things that when they happen to us in our lives, there is kind of a doubt or a hesitancy on our part. But the comfort is there never is on Christ's part, on our powerful Lord. And he superpowers us to get through them so that in Christ we can face any problem. What kind of problems? Tribulation. Those are the, the troubles, the feelings of pressure that everybody has, young and old. You know, the daily little rubs or uh, irritations, the pains, the aches of just life in general. Sure, they magnify when you get older but, and, and you go through more. But those are the, the things that you put up with usually every day without even complaining. You know, you've met people that don't complain very much. And then so when they do say something about, uh, or they complain about something going on in their lives, you think, wow, that must be pretty serious. On the other hand, you meet those people that complain all the time. And uh, when something big happens, hardly anybody listens to them because they're always complaining. But these are the little irritations. These, what the, this word, uh, tribulation. We live in a sinful world. It's called a veil of tears by God in the Bible. So we're to expect tribulation, especially as God's children. There will be irritations that come our way, things that rub us the wrong way as Christians. There are. And usually with it's, it's with our, our own disappointment in ourselves and keeping God's word. It's irritating. Paul said it. 
In a sermon we earlier heard in Romans 6, the good that I would, I do not do. The evil that I would not, that I do. He was irritated enough to say, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Tribulations. We will have them, Jesus says, as long as we're in the world. But he says, don't worry, I've overcome the world. How about distress? Those are the, the really serious hardships, the, those times in your life, and I hope there's less than five or ten that happen in your entire life. Those events, those tragedies, those serious illnesses, those heart-rending times when you're left so... When it happens to you, you just go, now what do I do? Ever have one of those? You have, haven't you? Well, that's what this is talking about. The distress, the serious illness, the surgery, family problems, that financial burden that you wonder how you're going to ever get out of it. Shall that separate you from the love of Christ? No, it won't. Persecution. Any persecution in this context is any assault against God's children, psychological or physical. Now, none of us have ever, well, as far as I know, I mean, I suppose I should speak for myself. I've never shed blood for the Lord, or no one's ever punched me in the nose for bringing a Bible passage to him or talking about God. Not that it couldn't happen in the future, and might. In our, uh, it might happen that we end up uh, having to come together, worship secretly, because we won't be able to worship openly anymore. It may happen in our future. But that doesn't separate us from God's love. Whatever persecution we suffer in our day, usually it's psychological, right? Someone doesn't like you standing up for what the Bible says. But again, Jesus says he overcame the world. And all these things, if we suffer for his sake, the Lord tells us we are blessed. And great is our reward in heaven. Not that we really deserve anything for standing up for Christ. After all, he's the one who empowers us. He superpowers us to stand up for his precious word in our lives. But we can face any problem. Now, in, uh, when we read the accounts of those who faced persecution in the early church, what happened was, uh, because they were so persecuted, a lot of times they went hungry, so there's famine. Or in their flight, running away from, other, from those persecutors who would have their way, they might not get enough to eat, so there'd be famine. Or they might not get enough to have enough even to clothe themselves. There'd be nakedness. Uh, all of this, the, the dangers, the physical dangers that cause untold fear. And we're more uh, familiar with that in our day and age. After all, which of us has gone hungry lately because uh, of persecution? Or, you know, which of us has had not had the right clothes to wear on any given day? We, we do. We've been blessed. But there are dangers, physical dangers. There's assaults, robberies, things going on right here in our own little town. That uh, accidents, car accidents, other crimes. These things can cause fear in our heart. But our fear doesn't separate us. Our, our fear towards God isn't, isn't what's under discussion here. Uh, there is nothing that God fears. And His... The, the, the things that accidents that happen in our lives won't separate us from God's love to us. That means that superpowered by what the Word of God, by Jesus Himself, you and I can face any problem. We can face any problem because He's superpowered us, and that enables us to also believe 
that in Christ we can we can know that the victory is already won. We've already we already have the victory over every battle that occurs, over every problem we face. It's already won. 37 yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Like I said before, it's like we keep on every day achieving the most brilliant victory. Not with our own efforts and strength, but superpowered by our Lord Jesus Christ. Who else? I mean, you think of all the super characters that are out there today. Superman who can, you know, uh, faster than a speeding bullet, leap tall buildings in a single bound. Ben Steele. Which, who can do that? Well, there are a few guys. I've seen them on TV. You can bend steel. I don't think anybody can jump over a tall building by themselves or faster than a speeding bullet. But what has God given to us? How about the total forgiveness of all your sins? And really, in the end, what matters most is this brilliant, ongoing victory that you have in Christ. Every day you can tell yourself, My sins are forgiven. There's nothing that God holds against me. Nothing at all. My sins are completely gone. They died with Christ on the cross. They are separate from me, the new man. From you, the believer, God's child. They don't apply to you anymore. And He declares you not guilty. That's justification. That's what our God does to us. Those kind of spiritual riches are yours right now and not everybody has that out in the world in fact sadly very few people out in the world have the riches that you possess right now very few people enjoy that brilliant victory over sin that you keep on having day after day week after week year after year as God's own children that's because you've been superpowered by Jesus. That whole gift of faith, the whole indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Jesus constantly with you at all times to take care of you in every situation, convincing you you already have the victory. So you don't have to have any doubts about Judgment Day or your death, your temporal death here on earth. No doubts whatsoever. Not only does God give you the victory over sin every day, announce and pronounce and declare to you your sins are forgiven, but he also says heaven is yours. It is yours. There's no doubt about it. Because it's all him doing the work out of genuine care and concern for us. Even when we fail, even when we are so disgusted with ourselves that we can't lift our heads, he gives us this gift called confession where we can go before his throne boldly as dear children ask their dear father to forgive us our sins and he does day after day after day we achieve that brilliant victory uh, an ongoing thing so all of this points to the great love that God has for us in Christ doesn't it Paul says for any with this in verse 38 he answers the question he started with. Who shall separate us from the love of God? He says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, no created thing, will be able to separate you from the love that God has for you. Will death be able to do it? (laughs) Jesus conquered death. Death now serves you. How about continuing to live here in this sinful world? Will that be your, your end? Will that separate you from God's love? No. God promises, we just heard it last Sunday, that He'll make everything work together. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Neither death nor life shall separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. How about angels, nor principalities, nor powers? Why would an angel want to separate me from God's love? I guess the holy writer must be referring to that passage that, that says that the devil can appear as an angel of light. So there, and the devil was created originally a good angel. But he can appear as an angel of light. We certainly won't be fooled by the devil's wily ways or any of the wicked angels who want to turn us away from God's word. But we'll always go to that word, even if an angel would appear to us and tell us, hey, no, don't follow that. Listen to this. God would get us through that. That won't be able to separate us from God's love. Nor any power or uh, angels nor principalities are the ruling, governing authorities or the powers. The rottenest government in the world won't be able to separate God's love from you. It will continue. The worst government, which the Lord certainly has blessed us here in America with one of the better governments, when you look at the governments of the world. Nevertheless, this is temporal. What we wait for is eternal. And we have the promise that even though outwardly it seems like we're perishing, and that's what it says in the middle of these verses, right? We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We are killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What that means is we're still in these sinful bodies, and people look at us, believer, unbelievers look at believers like us and say, how pitiful you people always chasing after God and worrying about that. Spend your time here or there. Don't go waste your Sunday morning and sitting together in a church and worshiping a, some God out there. Well, that's the sinful world for you. And that's their view. They don't understand that each of us has been superpowered by Jesus to believe in everything He's done for us. They don't get the Gospel message that it's all accomplished. And He did it all for us. Even though, still, we as believers always try to, our sinful side always wants to take credit or try to get its hand in in our salvation, yet the Word comes through and says, nope. Grace is God's undeserved love and kindness that overflows for each one of us. Just like the 12 baskets of bread that was left over at the feeding of the 5,000. The forgiveness God has for you and me, there's so much that there's leftover where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And it's all free. Just like Isaiah the prophet reminded us, Ho, you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy milk and wine without price. It's free. The gospel message is always free because God has loved us with an everlasting love and has given His Son for us. And that empowers us 
to go on facing all the problems in life, knowing the victories already brilliantly won, and always seeing the love of God in our lives in everything. What a blessing to be able to apply all of those great truths to our lives. What a blessing to be able to take that message out to our all those people in the world who haven't come to faith yet. We can tell them of the love of Jesus. We can show what He has done in our lives. Our lives can be a reflection of the blessings our Lord continues to pour out on upon us every day. Superpowers? Oh, we may dream about physical superpowers. I remember as a youth, I dreamt about them all the time. Now as I'm older, I just dream about being able to do what I was able to do when I was younger. But remember this, spiritually speaking, you've been superpowered by Jesus Christ like no one else. And nothing will separate His love, God's love for you, in Christ Jesus your Savior. Amen.